It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Reach out to Governor Herbert. Text 57500 or call him at 801-575-8255. It's Let Me Speak to the Governor. And thank you for joining us for Let Me Speak to the Governor. I'm Maria Shaleos, along with Governor Gary Herbert, and we have Kevin, who is on the line. And Kevin, what is your question for the Governor? Hi, Governor. Um, neutrality is an issue that will affect every American, and it needs everybody to start standing up to the big uh, corporations. My question for you was, what are you doing to help defend it? Well, net neutrality is something that... Uh, uh, is really a federal issue, access to the Internet, and whether we can, in fact, charge and have a differential for those who access the Internet. I don't know the issue very well. I know it's a federal issue, and I know that there's some debate out there. Uh, they're trying to, I think, mirror what's been done with the telephone lines in the past and make sure that everybody has kind of equal access and you don't have to uh, any differential in your payment depending on you know what your content is or your platform or any other access uh, like web sites and web pages. So I don't know where that's going to go. It's it's not anything that the state has a role to play, but it certainly is a federal government issue. It really hasn't come up in the National Governors Association or the Western Governors Association, which is where I spend time on national issues that uh, kind of are common across the board. It probably is an emerging issue. I think, uh, as I recall, it seemed like President Obama put in place some net neutrality and uh, where that's going to go, I don't know. But uh, it's something that's probably an emerging issue that we need to pay attention to. But it's something we've not been involved with. All right. Thank you. Thank All you. Right. Thanks for your call today. Governor, let's take a couple of text questions here. One of them, uh, the, the texts are asking whether you actually visit all 29 counties every year. I do, actually, every year. I visit all 29 counties. So we make that kind of a goal. Uh, obviously, we have a number of counties we visit more than once. Uh, some of the more rural areas are a little more difficult to get to, but uh, we think they're all equally important. I was just this past uh, couple of days in uh, Daggett County up on the Wyoming border there and out in Uinta Basin. Spent some time out in Uinta uh, County also with our tourism and travel people throughout the state at a little bit of a conference gathering. Um, and we uh, we do get around. It's it's important. I probably got off the hill more than most governors in the past. Uh, it's not always as efficient for the use of time because it's easier to have people come and visit me and have people run through the office every 30 or 45 minutes, whereas it might take me a couple hours of travel, you know, down to the southern part of Utah and, and even if I take the plane. So... Um, but it's important, I think, for me to get out and see the landscape and see the people and see the successes we're having and the challenges that they're facing. And certainly part of my uh, job initiative of 25,000 jobs in rural Utah uh, is part of why I'm getting out. And uh, we'll 
I think we've been to every county so far this year, except for maybe three or four. But those are all on the calendar to get out and and be there in the next uh, probably month. Okay. The next text are asking, with the events like those of Charlottesville becoming more prevalent in recent months and years, is it time for the state of Utah to take hate crime legislation seriously? You know, I think hate crimes are taken seriously now. The question is, should there be enhanced punishment if it's in fact shown that it's a hate crime? And the argument, you know, you've heard many times is if I kill you, if I commit murder, I mean, that kind of indicates somehow I don't love you. But uh, and I have some hate. Does it matter if you're Caucasian or if you're Hispanic or if you're uh, female or if you're African American, where you can find some enhanced punishment? Or that's the intent, because this is a hate crime. And uh, I, you know, I think it's certainly a discussion. We've tried to pass uh, at least, uh, probably not as comprehensive as some would like, hate crime legislation here in the state. We've done that here a number of years back. It may be time to take a look at it again, um, but, uh, you know, uh, it's hard to legislate against hate. You know, it's something that is a character flaw in we as people if we have any kind of hate in our heart for anything and certainly for anybody. Uh, so uh, I, I'd rather spend our energies on raising our children to love each other and to not have any kind of hate and appreciate differences and that we find the diversity in society and, and love each other and care about each other. We're working a lot with our schools on uh, anti-bullying measures in, in our schools and those kind of things, which I think was where we can get a better result if we spend our time there. Our next caller is Brent. And Brent, what is your question for the governor? Yes, governor. How are you today? Doing Fine. great, thanks. Hey, uh, I have a question on texting and driving. I was wondering... Uh, if there's anything more you can do in our budget for UHP to go out more often to get these texters who are texting and driving and not paying attention? You know, I don't know that there's any more frustrating issue out there right now because people see it every day. And they, they're driving alongside somebody who's going, you know, 70 miles down the road and and texting on their cell phone, and and just you know that that's not a safe environment for the 15 or 20 seconds that they're eyeballing their iPhone. Um, we do need to be more diligent in enforcement of that law and those who break the law. Uh, it's uh, you know a lot of times it's, it's compared with being uh, driving under the influence a drunk driver. The difference, of course, is that uh, texting is a uh, you know a momentary time, maybe a minute. Uh, drunk driving is you know for an hour while you're driving down the road. So there are there are differentials there, but no less serious uh, hazard if you're texting and driving. So we have put more money into law enforcement. It's just getting more cops on the streets to enforce our laws. We've put a lot of money. We're putting, you know, millions of dollars into this cleanup of the downtown Rio Grande area and uh, the criminal element there that are pushing drugs and ruining people's lives. But texting and driving, I'm with you on that one. I think that we need to make sure that our troopers and our policemen on the streets, boy, when they see people texting and driving, we need to pull them over and give them a citation. Yeah, I drive every day in a big truck, and I see it persistently, and I drive back and forth every day down to Provo, 
three times a day, and it, it's just getting worse and worse. Yeah, we, we've got to start uh, taking it more serious and enforcing the law. Some of it is awareness. Uh, some of it is uh, we need to, when we, uh, you know, train our children to get driver's licenses. Uh, we are doing a good job now of making sure they fasten their seat belt. Uh, I, I come from a generation when there was no seat belts, and uh, now then they had seat belts, and then they weren't used, and now we have seat belts, and they're used. And my kids, the new generation, would never think of getting an automobile without fastener seat belt and having child restraints. Right. Uh, uh, and some of that, I think, is the true, the same thing. Now we've got to get people to say, you know what? It is not acceptable to drive and text. And if you need to text, then pull over to the side of the road. Uh, what can be so important? You've got to text and drive. Uh, uh, it's a hazard to your own health and to others out there. So I hear you, and I think uh, it's something we need to emphasize more. And, and I, I'll take that suggestion to our Department of Public Safety and say, let's start pulling more people over and ticketing them. Maybe they'll get the message. All right. Thank you so much, Governor. All right. Thanks for your call. Brent, thanks for your call today. Bye. The next texter asking, Governor, uh, or saying, for years the Wasatch Front air quality has been terrible. Now, you've called for changes, yet you've stopped DEQ from implementing California-style auto restrictions, and they want to know why. Well, I don't know that we've stopped from California style. We're trying to find ways to make the air quality better here in Utah. Our circumstances are not the same as California. Uh, we have inversions here in this basin that are more difficult. We've imposed 30 new regulations on industry here along the Wasatch Front. And uh, that's uh, having significant benefit. It's costing them hundreds of millions of dollars for best available technology, but it's working. And uh, the science and the data tell us it's working. It's not just a matter of a political spin. Uh, The science tells us in the last 10 years we've reduced pollution here in the Wasatch Front by about 30%, even though we've, in face of this, have had 350,000 more people that now live on the Wasatch Front. And that's in this basin and this inversion. So we're doing everything we can. We've been proactive with putting together our our state implementation plan on air quality to meet the requirements of the federal government. We've started early. Uh, They have now new technology, which we need to see about incorporating and adding to. But we want to make sure that what we spend our money on has an actual benefit. Uh, People have been concerned about the haze issue over our national parks. The problem we've had there with the EPA in the past is that what they were requiring us to do, one, technology had not been invented even at the time to even utilize, and two, the benefit we got was not noticeable by the naked eye. So the haze issue, uh, the opacity, you know, uh, was not there. So we were going to spend hundreds of millions of dollars and see no benefit. And it seems like we're going to spend hundreds of millions of dollars. We ought to do something that we see a benefit. So cost-to-benefit analysis is really a practical aspect of what we ought to be doing. Last but not least, let me mention, we started what we call UCARE, uh, which is designed to bring all people together, advocates, those who have points of view, and say, let's discuss and see where can we spend our resources, where we have finite amounts of money, where can we spend our money and get the best bang for the buck. And so Ted Wilson, who's chaired that for me, and his group has done a wonderful job of bringing people together and sorting out what makes sense and what doesn't make sense and implementing good programs and good policy. 
And the good news for all of us is it's the air is cleaner. It's better than it has been. And, you know, any dirty, any dirty air days is one dirty air day we don't want. But on average, we have about 18 exceedances a year. Some of them are bad. But compared to San Bernardino or L.A., where it has 120 or 112, you know, days, we're much better off. Uh, we also have got some volunteer cooperation from our refineries. For example, the biggest thing we can do for air quality along the Wasatch Front in Utah is bring in Tier 3 fuels and add that to Tier 3 automobiles. And we'll increase, uh, we'll decrease, rather, the uh, the pollutants that we see here in the valley by about 75%. That's like taking three out of every four cars off the road. And we're in the process of doing that over these next couple of years with the help of our refinery. So it's getting better. It's not to where we want to be. We're not going to rest on our laurels, but we're on the right road going in the right direction. We need to take a break. On Let Me Speak to the Governor. We'll be back with more of your questions. The number to call, 575-8255. Again, you can text us at 575 